0: This episode of all the president's minutes is brought to you by bella catering bellacatering.com.au one of the best catering companies in sydney but in the time of COVID, in this garbage fire doom scrolling the world is ending as we know it year of 2020 has meant that this terrific and awesome family catering company led by Glenna maria who i love and adore um has pivoted to home delivery so if you want while you're in New South Wales, while you're in the Sydney area, if you want great home-cooked feeling, delicious catering to your home, Bella Catering is where you got to go. They're absolutely amazing. They have a variety of cuisines. They're incredible. BellaCatering.com.au is where you can dial them up, find them, order something. Hell order before the second wave gets here, and order seconds for the second wave. They're the best. Thank you for listening. We have a banger of a week for you. Now, onto the show.
1: Blanche Blanchett. All right, who, who Kate Blanchett. In the, it, so any Kate Blanchett movie? Kate uh, Blanchett. The, yeah. Renowned actress. Uh, we no, all know the movie she's been, in, not the a game, Oscar winning, Oscar, <laughs> you know, cl- right. Oscar winning Kate Blanchett of uh, many films that we've all seen and loved. Uh, we all know them. Um, right. we all we all love them. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying a movie because they're all rushing out of my brain at the same time because she's been in so many. Uh, so of course we all know the Kate Blanchett film. Dare I say, vehicle? <laughs> um, um, oh my God! Great. The other, or was that a was that another lady? I'm thinking. Which about? one? The other. It was... wasn't. No, that's the good other. One. One. Okay, that was just te- I was testing you. Good, good job, <laughs> okay. y'all. Passed the different, test. Different tall Australian. Yeah, so, yeah. D- y'all wow. passed the test. Pat yourselves on the back because this is the real cinephile. It's me testing y'all right now, seeing how well y'all know King Blatcher. Uh, movies, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, whew. we've seen her, you know, hits okay. all of them. All right, right five four, three, two, three, I'll, t- I'll give you 10 seconds. If uh, ten okay, seconds. well, the 10 seconds is perfect because it reminds me of a movie that she was in where 10 seconds was pretty, pretty important to the movie. You're not paid by the word, man. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little Women? No, no. I mean, fair uh, guess, frankly. Uh, she Ellen, might have yeah, been. What is, been. is the movie no, with the no, most no. actresses in it? Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> Little Women.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All the President's Minutes. I'm your host, Blake Howen. As you would have heard in the preamble to the show, we usually introduce the show with some you know, a piece of contemporary news or a clip from a documentary series or something like that. But what you would have heard is my guest today vamping and not knowing any other Kate Blanchett roles. Um, because <laughs> it was literally one of the highlights of my year. It is how I met this guy. And I was like, if there is any opportunity to talk to my guest today, I, I have to do it on, on the show. And so uh, my guest is a comedian, he's a writer, he's an actor. He's also a podcast host, a, a, a co-host of a terrific podcast called Who Shot Ya with Dre Clark, who's also been a part of the show. Uh, he's just hilarious. And so I thought, why not get this man who vamped at Cape Blanchett to talk all about this 1976 masterpiece with me because he would have a take if he, by the way, all the president's minutes
1: hey how's it going thanks for having me here i'm real uh real excited real excited to talk about this movie I saw a young dennis hoffman you know so now if i have to do that dustin, again but with that's <laughs> right out the gate right, right out, out the gate the swinging right out the gate <laughs> you already know what it is i said dennis hoffman <laughs> dustin hoffman you know you, but, you know, when you're cool with him, you'll learn that you can call him Dennis. You can call him
0: Dennis. Uh, I mean, if yeah. you have that relationship with him, you call him Dennis. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for doing the show. I'm super appreciative that you're here. So, like, you as a comedian, as Rye, well, like, what, what are the movies that obsessed you enough to start a movie podcast? Like, Who Shot You? Is it just, you know, is, is that like your bread and butter? You've always been a movie fan, I guess, for, for folks listening who haven't. Maybe heard who shot you, but they'll have the links in the description of this show to go follow that and subscribe. But um, what what started your like movie obsession?
1: Oh man, uh, the new the movie obsession. I think like to the degree it is now started. I think fairly recently because I've always been like a nerd. Love video games. Love anime. Love all that stuff. But then like, I, what what's the movie I often uh, reference? Uh they're they're like this spring of movies that were like less popular because I have you know friends who are cinephiles. And of course, being like a comedian, actor, you know, you got these like cinema heads, <laughs> and it's kind of pushed me, especially my buddy Demi, Demi I did you eBay. Like when you're around folks like that and you're like, all right, well, this is this is real fun. Let me see the movies that not everyone's talking about. And I just hopped on and then I started doing Who Shot you Ricky Carmona uh had to step away and then I came in to replace him, and that's when it can change because then i'm trying to find you know things that because you know everyone there's always like the big mainstream movies and especially yeah. as a nerd uh, everyone's a marvel movie and'm I'm, I'm gonna take a second to the this uh, all my friends with love but I find that like you know it's ever since the growth of the Marvel cinematic universe you know movie nerd has just kind of been co-opted by Marvel movie nerds like like because you, they'll be like movie nerd and then you watch the movie nerd show and they're only talking about superhero movies
0: yeah. or like movie you know so and on uh, the fence it's like all the release the Snyder Cut guys and they're all fighting and then there's the, the film twitter which you and I occupy underneath it going like yeah this is not everything yeah. that is happening in cinema right now, guys. Just oh, yeah. Just quietly.
1: Especially when you think of just how many things are, like, normalized, that is sensationalized when it kind of broaches that nerd world. Like, when people were talking about Coogler's, like, super long cut and they're like oh no that's how they shoot movies and then they cut it down that's not the director's <laughs> cut that's just but people were like yeah this is why why is marvel making them cut it down it was like oh no you're just learning about how movies are made and you are confused uh <laughs> or when there's reshoots and they're like oh reshoots i was like oh if you only knew every movie josie and the pussycat had reshoots. <laughs> like, like, every, like it, you don't have to sensationalize but when you i i this is now we're stepping out and we're just going into my greater content creation theory <laughs> is when you become hyper niche in in, in in like content creation or when you commodify things that normally aren't commodified like for example uh, uh, let's just say wokeness for no reason at all uh, you know you have these people who have to manufacture takes when it's not as juicy when it's, when it's slow <laughs> because if you think about like me and you like me as a comedian I'll always be thinking of jokes and shit not jokes I'll always be you know uh, on the Twitch side there's always going to be a new game to play uh there's always going to be a new movie to watch and even if you run out of even if due to the pandemic they stop making movies you have a huge backlog of movies you can go and create yeah. content but when you have you know your content based on like you know sensationalizing things and human emotion you are now having to manufacture it when it's not there you yeah. you don't have anything to lean back on you and i and you kind of see that you you kind of it's like right we're going to have the the worst takes i think in the next few months because <laughs> comic book movies are going to have to stop but comic book quote unquote film folks are going to um need content so it's going to be interesting seeing what they latch on to uh I, I and you know this isn't a, this honestly isn't a diss to like because you could be a superhero movie fan I don't want to seem like a snob I, that's always my big thing i don't but I think uh that's just true like even in the anime community, you have people who have specifically built their like YouTube and their brand about. A specific anime, not anime in general, but a certain series, and then the series ends. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I specifically didn't say that because I'm definitely thinking of someone specific <laughs> that I know and follow. But it, but and and it's been fun seeing that person branch out. Like he eventually like found stuff. But I see I see people. They're like because you know I'm a huge DBZ fan. I have like a $500 Goku statue over there. Um, but I just it's so funny watching. Like, because DBZ came back, it, they had a Dragon Ball Super and everyone was real hyped and then, like, it stopped. So you had all these content creators who had their Dragon Ball only, you know, sites finally rejuvenated and now they're back to, like, you know, every frame of the show going into a deep dive and connections of what it might have inspired and it was like, just expand your brand.
0: Just don't make it
1: this thing.
0: <laughs> and, 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 exactly like this. So when I was, when I did one heat minute, which is the first show that we did on here and people were asking what we we're going to do next, we did a little victory lap of another Michael Mann movie called last 12 minutes. The, we did a show called last 12 minutes of the Mohican. Oh yeah, I saw that. And and so I had a bit of fun doing that, but it was only 12 episodes. And when people were talking about what's your next project, one of the things that I did was like, I could not do another Michael Mann movie because I feel like just by virtue of doing like nearly a hundred and I think it's actually at 180 episodes on heat, and then all yeah. episodes of Mohicans, we've talked about Michael Mann movies and yeah. one of them. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's, there's kind of a point, there's a threshold where you go like, uh, unless I go out and watch and do this project 10 other ways, there's no yeah. way that you can come back and feel refreshed because it's like, <laughs> I, I kind of have had all the talks and i have yeah. spoken to the guy himself twice. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's it. Like what I, I don't have much more to say. It, it It's kind of all there. And yeah, it's, a, it's funny. And also with the whole sensationalization, it's like every single movie, that's what drives me completely nuts. It's like every single movie, you know, you, you even hear about them, um, even older movies, I was watching a special feature of like an old movie called Waterloo, like Napoleon's last sort of gasp. And it was made in the USSR during like um, during the seventies. So it was all funded by the Russian government. And so they just spent an exorbitant amount of money making this thing. And it tanked basically everywhere in the world, except for England. Like it just completely. (laughs) (laughs) And there were always these rumors that there was a four hour cut of this movie because it's like three hours, but they're like, no, that was the assembly cut. Like, that's, they just literally, the editor assembled it. There's no proof that it was anything but the assembly cut. Like, most people yeah. come in probably half an hour to an hour longer than they're actually going to be cut because they just chuck the kitchen sink, they shoot the shit out mm-hmm. of it. And then it comes down to what it is, and you're like, yeah, that's better. That's what we were meant to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, man. But, but there's, you know, it's a fun time. It's a fun time with news, and... You know, we just had that injection of the DC fandom in our lives very recently. That people are going to uh, see it. like comic book I, news went absolutely apeshit for a few days, and yeah, there it's it was very tiring towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I think it made me
1: so mad. I was very open about my oh, sorry distaste for them giving in <laughs> because. Yeah. Because the, I, the last thing we need is to give pe- the Snyder cut people and people like that a win, <laughs> you know, because now you you have inspired them and let them know that, yes, you can harass studios enough and they will give you what you want, you know? And then this is, this is a twofer, you know, they, they, they got the Snyder cut and they got, you know, this one was, I think more deserved. They got the better Sonic, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. But but now they're two for two. And you have uh, you, you, you have these, these
0: people now who think they can I uh, think it goes back to Kanye West's album Life of Pablo," when he tweeted "I'm a fixed Wolves." because he just didn't like it. And ever since then, like every, ever since when I see someone attack about Sonic or I see, someone attack about Sonic, I just, I just go back and find the, the gif of that tweet. Like I'm a fixed wolves. And it's just like, yeah, that that yeah. is, that's exactly what it is. Um, but you know, like at least with the Snyder Cut people, um, especially the revelations about Ray Fisher and, and talking about some gnarliness with Joss Whedon on set. I'm like, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you that. Jack you know, yeah. had a tragedy in his life. I'll give it to you. But also then, be careful what you wish for because yeah. it's going to come out and you may think it sucks. You may still think it sucks. I think well, that they're not prepared for even not liking it. It's not in their brain that it could possibly be bad at this point. So they're going to love it anyway.
1: Well, that, the thing about that the, the in the whole, like the, like here, Here's the thing. And, he, that, and that's what sucks because, yeah, that's, that's the idea that that's a
0: day to day that says, here's the thing. I'll just, by the way, I'm just putting that out there.
1: Yeah. The, in a world that is fair, that would happen. But as someone who has been trapped in arguments with, you know, DC fanboys, Snyder Cut guys, oh. that movie could be so objectively dog shit <laughs> that they're going to find good things about it. Latch on to it and hold that as the reason as to why it's good. Yeah, because that's how they operate. They're 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 going to be like, oh no, it is good because they're doing this 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 and this, and then we're we're gonna and they're gonna have this huge argument as to why it's superior to this. And it's just so much. I this is such a mess, and I cannot cannot wait to see what's we're gonna have to deal with. Because
0: (laughs) well, I'm gonna take you out of sensationalized news and back into 1976 sensationalized news for this show and for this minute. And a show that I thought would give us a different opportunity for all the guests that I talked to, to talk about, you know, like even just at a rudimentary level, the political parallels, you know, mm-hmm. how we praise journalists and what it has turned into is a show that has become entangled with, you know, complete civil upheaval in your country and political and, 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 um, uh, protests, you know, positive protests for civil rights. It's, it's now like when I look back at this movie, almost all these guests that come on, they're like, you know, Nixon's okay. Like he wasn't that bad, he wasn't that bad a guy and in in comparison, and it is just a crazy, crazy thing. So I want to like just quickly tackle that before we jump into the minute. Um, during your diving back through and checking out this movie again, for me and this show, you know, um, what, what's your feeling on it? Because you're in LA right now, you're in mm-hmm. LA native and it's, it's a, it's a freaking insane time. In, in the last 24 to 48 hours, the WNBA, as we're recording this, the WNBA completely stood down and didn't, uh, didn't participate in any sport yesterday. Mm-hmm. Game five, led by the Mavs kicking off, um, you know, canceled the game. Uh, the Mets mm-hmm. uh, uh, canceled a baseball game. It's, yep. it's an incredible show of solidarity and it's, it seems like a crazy, crazy time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, when you think, if going back on movies, I just recently was talking about Tales from the Hood, which, yes. you know, if you haven't seen it, worth checking out because it is like, it is a like cutting look at America for black people in the nineties that was, you know, at the time panned as like a black movie that was kind of goofy because we also had like Leprechaun in the hood around that time. And like, when you put it, it put uh, the hood in the title, made it taken less seriously. But when you look at it, it's like, if, if, if that came out today, it would be like, you know, Jordan Peele level, like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, you know, but seeing how all that, you know, all the stuff they're saying, there, still relevant today. And and it's one of it and i'm starting to feel the same way about like it's almost like the opposite because at least like we're like damn we're talking about this back then and we're still talking about it now like what's going on nothing has happened and it's crazy when you look at all the like nixon stuff and like they're all the different movies about nixon and just how big watergate was a problem and how like nixon knew he had to resign because it was such a fumble and you look at like now as someone who just stands their ground and just, just, it, I don't know, it, it, it honestly, you know, just to be frank, it's just so like weird because, you know, growing up as a black person in America, the I often had to think of like, what would be the point, especially like, like I'd say from from like Trayvon Martin and then, you know, Michael Brown, and then the many other black lives that were taken by the police and like caught on camera. Like that was, that was the big difference was Tray you know, Trayvon was the one where like the person admitted and we got the, the, the proof of everything that went down and that was bad enough. And yeah. then we got, you know, Michael Brown and it was the first time, you know, you had people showing it on Twitter. Yeah. And, and and from there and then now we're just seeing it you have you know you know you, you, we've we've seen it all many times where you can see the video you know what's happening and it really is like what ever since we started seeing it I was wondering what was the thing that people needed to see to to get it and then when you, when you weren't getting it you know I I definitely you know um uh uh, let me see, let me get that right. Um, uh, um uh, Tamir Rice. I thought Tamir Rice I was like, Okay, this is tough. That's yeah. a twelve-year-old kid. This is when it's gonna happen. And it still didn't. So then I was like, okay, well, if it's not gonna be seeing a child, it's gonna be the amount. and then we had you know Amad Arb Aubrey George Floyd all within the weekend and it's still there and then it's gotten to the point where it's like oh no we can't wait anymore like we can't wait for them to finally get a heart they're going to do everything they can and you know I definitely don't think it's a black and white thing where it's just like straight up um people some people are just evil and some people are just good. I think some there there are there's you know humans typically avoid conflict humans typically avoid things that uh, buck against their reality. Like, if, like in, there are people who grew up playing cops and robbers, watching cop shows. Cops are the good guys. They never make mistakes. They're who you call when you're in trouble. And we don't look at the, the years of just facts and proof that it just doesn't work the way that we've seen it on TV. Yeah. And they're having a hard time coming to terms with that reality. And then you just have people who just really do think black people are lesser than and will, before even getting anywhere near having empathy for black people will think of a million and one reasons why the cop did it. Till so some, there are some people who are like, yeah, he made a mistake. So what? <laughs> they made a mistake and killed a black person. So what, you know, you have those people, you know, where, where it's like, Oh, I can't get anywhere with you because you don't value black lives at all you don't think you're racist. You, 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 you know, you just, you know, you don't hate black people. You just don't value their lives and you think that no man, you know, it's the same kind of argument when someone's outed for sexual assault and they're like, I don't think that this should ruin someone's lives. You know, it's it, there's just so many different facets to it that it's even hard to keep up with you. you and, and I just think
0: ap- apathy and, and, yeah. and things, things happen, you know, the, the, and, I I hate it. I hate the reflex to, to the proximity. So like, for example, in Australia, when, when the black lives matter process sort of resurged so heavily, um, with especially George Floyd, mm-hmm. Australian politicians were super quick to be like, Oh, you know, that's America that, you know, that's not us. And then yeah. a lot of our own Aboriginal lives matter, activists uh, were just like <clears throat> excuse me yeah. um you know we are fifty percent of the incarceration rate. we're three percent of the population mm-hmm. we are x amount of you know percentage amount of times more likely to be jailed or imprisoned or get harsher sentences or die at the hands of police in this country I just think you need to just pause for a second and my inclination my 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 confusion with politics is like just can you just do you not have the resources to take a second like we just did this in the show. I might actually leave the edit is mm-hmm. that if he went, I just want to get this right. And he quickly checked his facts and then he said what he intended to say. Like, if you're a politician and you've got a whole machine around you, yeah. saying something so flagrantly stupid or easily proven like wrong. Why don't you just go, you know, we have problems with our own racial inequality in this country, you know, perhaps not to the extent in my mind that in America, but I'm, but also I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to hearing what we can do better. Everyone can do better. Just something as simple as that and diplomatic as that. Whereas there's this is automatic deflection, which just seems so backward. It's like, just stop. Like for a second, pause and take a breath and consider what other people are thinking and perhaps feeling before you just go off and go, this is what it is. Because now that's immediately a way for people to target you or to see that you're an idiot and yeah. have that bias. It just seems so stupid.
1: Well, it's just, we've gotten to this point. I've talked about this before, where we've gotten so afraid of being wrong. Like I, and I feel like people have always had that fear, but I, I'd like to imagine, at least in my head, maybe it's me, us growing up. Maybe that's another, an adult thing. And, but I definitely remember times in my life where someone proved you wrong. You would just be like, what? And you, you'd ask for the proof. And if they had the proof, you would apply that and move forward. And somewhere <laughs> along the way, Like, honestly, I think worse than people refusing to be wrong was the point that we got to where someone gives you proof and you look at the fact and you're like, "Mm, no, this isn't real. Like, the moment we've allowed someone, like, we need to go back in the time machine and find the (laughs) first time someone said a fact wasn't real and really, like, just shame that person because the moment we've allowed, and I think the problem was people that that to go back to the idea of being right people hearing someone uh you know saying a fact isn't real and their desire to be right is to continue this argument when in fact if you present a fact to someone and they say it's not real the conversation ends because it's like oh i can't reason with you you're not in the same plane of existence uh good day you go about your life because (laughs) really when, if you really pay attention, if you pay attention to all these people, these, these fake news types, these, all these, they feed off of, uh, keeping your attention. Yes. And that's what, and that's how you see them kind of spiral into saying worse and worse stuff. Like you, like you just see so many of these like right wing people, like who will, you know, take, you know, sayings from the side, like when they were trying to sensationalize when that black man killed the, uh, that kid and was rightfully arrested immediately. Uh, then there, And then you had these right-wingers being like, say his name. And he was like, oh, so you're, you're inciting. <laughs> you're, you're trying to incite the other side by you knowing this is something people are saying to talk about police brutality. And you know, this is an apples to oranges comparison. So you know that can be easily deflected. So what can you do to grab that attention? Oh, well, I'm going to incite you by using the same language that you're using. Yes. I'm, you know, that, you know that, that, that a job is not the same as a life. But to incite you, I'm going to start a movement called the Blue Lives Matter movement. <laughs> and you're going to legitimize it by talking about how much it pisses you off because it's not the same. So then we're going to make t-shirts. Then we're going to get flags and then we're going to call ourselves patriots. Even though we made a new flag with a blue line, which is just bar for bar in the constitution as being that you, you, you do not demean the flag like, you know, so I mean it's, it's wild.
0: It's wild because, you know, I think you and I are around the same age and I remember being in high school and there were people like, you know, this is kind of pre Google pre cell phone and you would sometimes be shooting your shit with your friends and there was always one member of your group of friends who was an idiot Mm -hmm. and he would say factually inaccurate things and then one of you in the group would have to take the role that day to go, no, man, that's not true. Like this is that, this is that. And you sort of drop sides on them and if they didn't listen to you. You go, of course, you're not going to listen. You're an idiot. And that person would we would gleefully shame them <laughs> like mm-hmm. in that group, and then they would get it. And then that's fine. And we're still that person's friend. Cause there's an attempt at growth afterwards, even if they were more stubborn to not be wrong, because like the activity was no, you're just being an idiot. You're being stubborn. Like exactly as you said, there's that right thing. But yeah. I, I remember that and just go, yeah, we used to have dumb friends and yeah. we, we would have to, we would hound them and, and heckle them when they said the wrong thing. And then eventually they wouldn't. And you're like, go on about your life. But now it's like, I imagine the inverse of that is that guy today would still be arguing with me about something that was a fact. And exactly as you said, you just go, I can't, I can no longer communicate with you.
1: Well, this, I think it had to come somewhere along the way with, with tone policing. And I think, you know, and I think it generally like a lot of times came from a good place because everyone wants you to be nice and all this. But Pete, I think it's once again, humans just do not like conflict. So they're trying to see both, you know, the both sides and don't realize how problematic that has become. And I think that's what is infected, because the idea of like, OK, let's not talk about it is that doesn't help anything. We need, you know, we're going to talk about it. And if he does not agree that if he does not agree to value human life, then we push him out. Yes. It's it like, I've seen it. And like, I know it works. So I, I, no one can tell me that it cannot work. I, I back in the early Facebook days, this is early because this actually worked. <laughs> uh, there was a guy who said, I, I'm. I think we were, I was talking about. I've. I've been vocal about this a long time. I've always been a little shit, and yeah. and that's another thing I like to bring up. I was talking about this before it was cool. Like now it's cool <laughs> to be woke, and that's why I oftentimes, uh, you know, uh, you're
0: you a know, comic. If he is yeah, like you're like, tone policing is hard for a comic because you're like you like talking shit when it's fun and the intent is yeah. positive. and then also when someone comes over the top and they're not talking shit that actually they are just a piece of shit You yeah. interact with me oh i know how to deal with you i'm a comic i yeah know how to deal with this shit, <laughs> and you do it
1: yeah but you had you know like there was this guy and we were talking about police brutality and he was kind of giving all this all the like textbook excuses i laid out why he was wrong and he kept going i was like well look i can't be friends with someone who does not value black life unfriended him immediately went about my day i think about a year later i got a message from him and he was like hey man you don't have to you know be friends with me or whatever i just want to say i've ever since that interaction i was thinking about it and i realized you know i was out of line and you know i really want to thank you for actually like standing your ground and you know speaking up to it and i apologize and then i you know friended him again and you know we've been friends you know since it's that simple it's that simple because when you allow someone who like, I think people don't understand, like, when you allow someone who does not value other human beings, or when you allow someone who truly wants to ignore, like, real facts, uh, then you're validating them when you choose to continue to talk to them, even though you disagree with them. Like, all this, like, we could be friends if we uh, disagree about politics. It's like, yeah, we can. If, If you, if you, if you think for some wild ass reason, that trickle down uh, economics works, sure. We can still be friends. I'm going to like. On a, gonna, on a, on a fiscal
0: yeah. perspective, sure. Yeah. 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 We, we, we can
1: argue about it. If you think that. You know, I'm wrong about capitalism. You think capitalism? Is where we can still be friends. But the moment you tell me that that uh, you sit there and you try and tell me that you know an LGBTQ plus person, a black person, a person of color, an indigenous person does not you know deserve the same empathy and rights as you as a human, that is not a political argument. That's not an argument I'm even going to have with you. It's I'm going to cut you off, and you're going to figure it out. And if you don't figure out, too bad. I'm sure you're going to find more fuck around with friends who who are shitty just like you and y'all will be great and sit in your little cesspool friendship, you know, but like, I, I, I think we need to really reorganize the way we look about at these things. I think we need to really sit down because the, 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 they didn't just get bold overnight. There's something we were doing wrong yes. to allow people to feel this bold. Uh, and, and, and that's what we need to truly, truly investigate, is is how are we dealing with this on a, you know, on a microaggression level? How many things are we letting slide? How many things, and, you, you know, that is when we'll enact real change because if these people feel comfortable enough to do this, then that means that they're, that they just were able to grow that within themselves, simple enough.
0: Yeah, and you're protected from it. It's um funny, before we get to the minute at hand, <clears throat> you were talking a little bit earlier um, about Tales from the Hood and yeah. uh, and there's a Sydney Lumet movie. And I've mentioned a few times on the podcast because I'm pretty obsessed with it. It was one of his that just sort of fell off the map. It's called night falls mm-hmm. on Manhattan. And it's okay. about this young district attorney played by Andy Garcia coming up. And it's basically all about like explicit police corruption and intact mm-hmm. criminality. So crime thrives with corruption and it's this really conflicted case. There's a drug dealer, kingpin who gets caught by, you know, hands himself in by the police, his lawyers defending him, et cetera. It's, it's this really great case. And it's all about how complicit they are in this. And you can totally tell at the time it was made in 1996. Not many people probably wanted to hear something that was so forthright mm-hmm. about it, and it just disappeared off the face of the earth. But when I watched it like recently for uh, another pod I'm doing, I watched it and I was, I just like was, I couldn't believe that no one knew about this movie. I was like, what do you mean I haven't heard about this? This is so amazing because it's just like puts it right out on front street. Like these, these people are complicit. If there's crime in an area, police are complicit. And Lumet's just straight faced about it. It's just like, this is what it is to survive in this thing. You got to do it. And like, it's amazing. So it's one of those things where I think there was maybe that time that that presumed progress in the 90s. Like we've, we feel like we've made more progress than mm-hmm. we have. Kind of pat yourself on the back. Oh that, yeah. That, that this sort of shit, maybe thrives. And just by now cycling all the way back to this minute, just by pure coincidence, we have one of my favorite lines of this entire film in this minute that we're talking to. And we're walking, you know, it's after the boys are seeing the fruits of their labors um, on TV for a change. Actually a news item being covered (laughs) as opposed to not covered by anyone. But then they walk up into a street and Dustin Hoffman's Carl Bernstein says, and I'm going to quickly paraphrase because we're going to listen and watch the minute together shortly that, you know, can you believe that we're about to walk into this, you know, little suburb and behind these doors that like not, you know, that nasty things are going on. It's it's hard to believe and Woodward Mm -hmm. said, no, it isn't. And so with that, (laughs) I think this is the best time for us to cut to the minute in question. If you're not going to watch together now, you guys are going to listen along and then we're going to come back and talk about it. That has just concluded itself has probably been one of the most intensive that the Department of Justice and the FBI has ever been involved in. Uh, some 1,500 persons were interviewed, 1,800 leads were followed, uh, 333 agents were involved, 14,000 man hours, 51 of the 59 FBI field officers were involved. Uh, and that, I think, is a, is a great credit to justice in this country.
1: Did you know the documents ability. had been destroyed?
0: No, I did not. All these neat little houses and all these
1: nice little streets. It's hard to believe that something's wrong in some of those little houses. No, it isn't. Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm Carl Barton, Woodward. We'd just like to talk to Mr. Sloan for a couple of minutes. He's,
0: he's resting right now. Are you Mr. Sloan? You're the two from the post,
1: aren't you?
0: Yes, ma'am. You're the two from the post. This yeah. is Honest yeah. house. Yeah. A great minute.
1: Oh yeah. I mean yeah, you're right that that line is such a bombshell. Uh, mostly because you know it I think the the wildest thing is we often look at problems that we're dealing with modern in, in modern times. Yes. And we're like and we feel like it's it's something new, that something has changed. And then you hear lines like that and you realize, no, this people have always been the same way, the same types of people and the same things. And it's always called out uh, and we see some progress and then and then it lays low while some of those, you know, people are still in power. And I think, you know, that's when we have the longer, deeper two to three hour podcasts about you know systemic issues and how just changing who's at the top of the system doesn't really change because the system in place is the, is the problem not who is running it yes. you know if, if you if you if, if, if you if you know if you're trying to fix the environment you don't you don't you're not going to put like like the simple act of putting a a, a smarter driver someone who drives less <laughs> behind a humvee is going to help the co2 emissions it's
0: going to be not having a Humvee, <laughs> yeah, and also it's it can happen on the inverse because like we had a we went from like a our longest serving prime minister in the country, John Howard, who had a ex- exceptionally questionable human rights. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, things he did some positive things like he got rid of guns basically automatic weapons in the country and this new progressive leader kevin rudd come in everyone was really positive and he's going to do things for the arts and stuff like that and you look at it and kevin rudd was like yeah we're going to stop those american productions coming here and getting tax breaks and then the australian film industry went nah bro like that's how it worked for like two decades we had like all this money." And it was because of the tax breaks. Like, give them some tax breaks. All of our people were employed. We had film studios. And then, like, years later, it's like, oh, yeah, that actually was really dumb. That was a really short-sighted way to look at it because, you know, even something as simple as that of, like, if you're not going to do that and you've still got all these mechanisms that are underneath you, like it's impossible to turn the ship around. It's got, be, oh, yeah. it's got to be foundational. That's at least what you can like about Watergate as a context because it actually was one of those rare situations where the way that it was investigated started with all the actual people who committed the crimes and just slowly went up because you know, whenever yeah. I see like a CEO resign of a shitty company or it change power, it's like the shitty company remains shitty. Yeah. Like it's still shit it's it, just because the CEO left doesn't mean that the people underneath them are any better. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually foundational. Like when you see a clean out and it goes from like the CEO and like hundreds of people have marched out, you're like, that's yeah. an interesting, that's an interesting take. Like this whole oh, yeah. thing is gone. That's where you start to go. Oh, this might actually change for the better.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It It, it, it genuinely is so, wild yeah because you're right it, once again it's that thing of the system and and that that is what is interesting is that and maybe it is because it went down the way it did that we didn't find this out maybe sooner maybe yeah. nixon leaving maybe if nixon stood his ground the republicans at the time would have held him up or maybe not it, 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 you know now we have this 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 political system where they treat the two party system like a Lakers versus the Knicks game where like no matter what they have to stand by their party because who you know who knows and it really is fucking us up because (laughs) because you know you on the on the left even though you know i'm not saying the left people on the left are the best or cleanest or anything but you do have a lot of folks who are more because if you go further past the left you which is still the left you have people who you know will think and do what's right and you know if 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 someone on the left isn't pulling their weight we'll call them out and we'll do it and then when the republicans do it just because they're republicans it helps meanwhile when everyone on the left agrees that someone on the right is trash you have the right defending them and they're able to stay in so like we're we're getting rid of all the bad people on the left and none of the bad people on the right because, playing by the same rules.
0: it's like you're yeah. holding ourselves up to a higher standard and that's mm-hmm. why some of the centrists end up going hey guys why don't you just shut the fuck up on yeah. your side for just a little bit yeah and like it's, it goes counter to what's in your gut you're like that's not a great person yeah Jake, just shut up because it's them or us right like oh, you know, yeah. and and it's one of those things that you kind of have to um you know uh, and and you can see it in the current political allegiances that people are like you know what i don't foundationally um mm-hmm. don't necessarily agree with the, the the people that are that are the candidates right this minute but i tell you what we are way closer in a whole stack of values than, like uh, you know, than anyone that's on the right, because on the right, I can't even get them to agree that Black Lives Matter. Like you know, yeah. like, if I can't even have that dialogue, then what else can we possibly be discussing? I can't, I can't get them to agree on like Flint should maybe have clean water, or like <laughs> I know, or, or maybe people should have masks, and maybe what this is an approach for healthcare. You know, like if if we can't agree on those foundational moral things, like hum, human rights, then what else can you possibly have a conversation about?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know that's that's what's so 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 interesting about everything, right? Is is you have basic things, and I think basic things with I will say simply basic solutions. You know, like the the if we diverted some of the money we give to the military, the police, uh, or taxing billionaires, Flint could have clean water. Yeah, you know, and right. it's and and I and what what infuriates me is this this like sleight of hand that the right has been able to do to the poor people on the right, how, how they somehow, you know, got them to believe that no, if they work hard enough, they will somehow to be billionaires if they're not playing by the same rules and they should side with them in not allowing quote-unquote handouts that are coming from their taxes especially since they're not taxing the rich that is your money and they're making it seem like your own money is a handout like that that alone has helped that's why like i always say is like the moment that you know poor people on the right uh predominantly poor whites uh learn that you know um racial equality will in fact help them as well because a lot of the time the the people uh white people stuck in poverty are just being affected by a system in place kept to oppress people of color like you just you're just collateral damage in that crossfire you just happen to to be stuck in it and if you remove that oppression you will rise up as well, but but that's hard to explain because they've already created this us versus them, and anything that comes from us seems like seems like we're trying to trick them the same way that they've already been tricked.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny you said that because it was a funny conversation John Stewart was talking about. I think he's talked about it in a couple of forums but I heard it on a Joe Rogan podcast. And John Stewart was like, I asked a person on The Daily Show who knew about the economy when the economy was crashing and we bailed out the banks around the mortgage crisis, I asked the question, well, if we know the mortgages are going to fail, is it not just cheaper to pay all the mortgages that are going to fail so that those people have houses and then they don't lose their houses and they're not displaced and they're not poor and we just do it as a one-off gesture where we just pay all the bad debts off and just like give these people all, you know, this significant bump. It's a people, it's poor white people. It's people of color. It's like all these people have like mortgages have gone backwards in this crisis. Wouldn't that just be cheaper? And the guy's like, no, because that would be rewarding them not paying, their homes. And he's like, but you're rewarding the bad behavior Mm -hmm. of the banks who got them into this situation in the first place. And the guy didn't really have an answer for him. And it's so funny that some of those things are just like that. It's like, for example, there's like what, a like, there's like a, I don't know if it's a billion or if it's a trillion dollars worth of um, student student loan debt collectively in the United States right now. And, you know, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders is always tweeting about it. And one of the things is like the military budget's 30 trillion a year or something for one year, let's make it 29 or 28 trillion. And wipe out student loan debt. And then the next year you go straight back to being 30 trillion. And all these people who have like crippling debt are free, you know, like are yeah. free of that. And so there's some of those crazy things where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like why wouldn't yeah. we do that? it just makes sense. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it just seems that some of the problems when you talk in basics and especially mm-hmm. as we're talking in this movie, it's like, you know, all this messing around and all this stuff, it's just lingering. And a couple of people I've spoken to on the show have said the Trump that is now like the, it's almost like the Republicans of this time are still lingering yeah. around and they're like, we will never let this fucking happen again. We're going to back into that to the end. We're never going to let him resign and have a conscience and, you know, be dignified about, you know, what he thinks of the stature of the, the offices. It's like, nah, we're backing him because we've got to, keep a stranglehold on that power for as long as we can. We're going to do anything we can to maintain it.
1: I know it's so interesting because people have been talking about his last one where he mentioned, um, he, he mentioned like he's going to get another four years and then maybe after that four years, because he deserves a redo. And, and it, it is interesting because I wouldn't put it past him to try and see if he can get another four years. And I think I'd like to imagine at, at that point, that is when america snaps like this that that is that'll that'll be the last straw because you have i think one of the things that are holding us back on on the more progressive end are people who have sit, you know who are sitting on that fence who, who are trying to the, the the what i consider the the true centrist which is the centrist between like the heavily progressive left uh yeah. And, and the kind of like establishment left and who are sitting there being like, yeah, guys, we should all get along. And, you know, and trust me, you know, if we follow the rules, we will get our turn. And I think seeing that happen, seeing, seeing that they have been following this lie of a rule that could have been broken at any time, which would change the dynamic. Also, democracy would be dead. And then we, <laughs> then we go into our second civil war. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, 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 I don't know what to expect anymore because every kind of barrier that I've kind of set up of being like, Oh, well, this will be it or this will be this we've, we've zoomed past, you know, we got, everyone got so excited when we had the impeachment hearings, not to realize that, no, there was no way that the, <laughs> that, that Republican dominated uh place would allow that to go through. Yeah. Uh, so
0: I just don't get, I, uh- that's the one thing I can't personally reconcile is um, when Gerald Ford took over, he became a more like an equally appetizing candidate in the Nixon era for Republicans. They're like, look, Nixon's stained with this. Like it's not going to leave him. And even though he's going to be pardoned and that would eventually kill Ford's chances of being reelected. Cause I think people wanted to see Nixon at those trials and, and have to basically, you know, admit that he was complicit in it. Um, mm-hmm. But They were like that and I think now what's so weird and like almost dictatorial about the Trump regime is like anyone whose name isn't Trump, like it's not Pence. Like they don't want to give you know, some of the Republicans are like, oh, if we, if we impeach him, then we give the the United States Pence and no one's ready for that. And I'm like, you guys made that your problem. Like you made that your problem as a Republican party to put him there. So it's this weird thing as well, where it's like, it's not being about morality and you see like one or two of the Republicans like vote for his impeachment and like universally it was like, no, we're backing him you know, we're putting this thing at a deadlock and we're not going any further. So man, it's, it's a, it's a strange time. All right, well, let's, let's yeah, get yeah. to this minute. Let's get to new Hollywood cinema. Oh, I said, how much is uh, Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, are these movies from this era um, in your life? Is it something that you've been revisiting from, you know, not, becoming more of a cinephile? Uh, not
1: really. I've, I've, I've kind of been catching the new, kind of fringe things and I do definitely need to do a deep dive in the past you know you know Alonzo and Dre have been giving me huge wrecks so I'm going so I but I have yet to do it but like seeing this like on on uh you know uh HBO Max because I do have HBO Max it made me want to go because there's, there's also just something to like these classic movies that are just so so there's like a coolness to them like 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 it was the era when we when we thought bureaucracy was so badass and (laughs) and there's and there's something to that that i'm like yeah let's let's let me let me go through it but but that is the funny uh the funny thing you know especially since robert redford is heavily referenced uh in the watchman you know when he becomes the president <laughs> yeah. so so now, like seeing this i'm like oh yeah i could see why we'd want him to be president
0: yeah there's, a, there's another movie called the candidate where he actually um it's a re- it's a really great one to pair with if you haven't heard of it it's um he he's a young lawyer who's coming up and someone just picks him to be a governor, governor candidate. And he starts Uh to cool out of all the bullshit they're spewing just to like get him elected. And he gets elected and there's this wonderful scene spoilers, but there's this wonderful scene where he like realizes he's going to be elected. And I imagine it probably happened in the, in the white house when it happened in Trump tower on the night that he was actually elected. He was just like, Like, what now? Like, what the hell do I actually do? Yeah, His political advisor is like, yeah, we just do this thing now. This is what happens. (laughs) And he's like, I was fully expecting to lose, like, but, you know, in a close one, but he ends up winning. So, yeah, it's just one of the, that's a a great one. But, you know, uh, that's another text this year or sort of the end of last year and this year that is, um, you know, particularly special. The Watchmen is, you know, again, tangling probably better. Um, in a fictional sense with a lot of the feeling of what's happening in America, in contemporary society than almost anything. It's, um, yeah. and, and something hasn't come up too much yet on this show, but it's something that I loved and adored and love the original comic. So I love that show, but I think the show almost is better than the comic. Yeah. It's really oh, strange, yeah. It which is really strange to be able to say, but like, it's actually probably better. Oh
1: yeah. I think especially when you have something, when you're doing something timely, you it's always going to be better when they do an up, updated one if they do it well yes. because you know it's going to resonate more with you like it, this resonates way more to me than when alan moore wrote it way back when
0: you yeah. know yes and and also the other thing is alan moore is an outsider he's 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 english so you know having american voices tussle with this and tangle with real events and have these intertwined things because they, you know, either implicitly or explicitly know about this stuff in history and figuring out a way to still communicate with it. It's, it's really fascinating, but that's, it's the same with presidents, you know, presidents shocks me and it shocks me with the recent making of the Watchmen is that like, they were going to tackle the series, but so much of how the series flows is informed by contemporary stuff that like almost feels like it predicted some of the things that we're seeing in the media now and all the president's men is made like hot on the heels of the actual events. So 74 Nixon's out and by 76 in January, people are seeing this movie, you know, like it's made through 75, like it's so fresh um, uh, off the actual events, but still so compelling. Like it's stuck around for such a long time and still feeds into everything. It just like, oh, you, yeah. you watch it. It's, it's to, to me, like, that and that's kind of what makes things like
1: this stand out. But then also, I, you can still go back and appreciate. Like we can go back and watch. I mean, watch. <laughs> we can go back and read Watchmen, and still like, like especially. Have you read V for Vendetta? Yes. Like especially like that. You go back and read that, and that, and and you kind like. I don't know. For me, I often think about like when you look at events in history. I think this is once again coming back around to the stuff that we were talking about (laughs) earlier, but you look back in history and you think, and you have those people who are like, Oh man, if I was around in the civil rights movement, I would be like, you know, this, or I would be like that. And you have these like, you know, imaginations of the, and it's always so black and white. When you look at history, you have the good side and the bad side. And, but you, you always kind of wonder what like the people were thinking. And I think it's going to be funny for the future. I don't know how long Twitter will last, but I'm pretty sure it'll be archived. I'm pretty (laughs) sure people will see it. So people won't like you won't be able to lie about this history. you will know what the general public was saying and thinking. And, but you don't really have that for older stuff. So that's why I kind of appreciate things like, like Watchmen and V for Vendetta to see, like, this is how one like outspoken creator looked at it. And I think the same thing goes for all the King's men as well, you know, like, because that's you can't, King, but, <laughs> look, Look, how much of this rosé have I drank? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All all the president's men. Because you, you know, we, we, I think we talk about this in one way or another, but as like, you can't make a movie without your voice still kind of being within it. Yeah, you know, And, and, and kind of seeing this like, you know, love and praise for journalism, when now we're in a time where people are trying to do just this. Like what we're watching in this movie, people are trying their hardest and it is so, not only is it being stopped because, you know, of course we'd expect, you know, the current administration of president to stop, to try and stop this for obvious reasons, but for people not to find it weird that they're, you know, trying to stop, like, like that should be your first red flag to be like, well, why don't you want people, wait, why are you kicking out press, you know, and and cheering it on And and it really is like, truly seeing like all the points of opposition you know rip it apart it's like the point the scene in the movie where like you see the good guys set up all the ways that they win and the bad guy finds out and they're like taking away all those things and you're like no how are they gonna win that's (laughs) happening right before our very eyes and no one's asking how we're gonna win people are cheering on the bad guys
0: it's it's it's, it's, it it would be like there's a couple of moments in this movie where they go and door knock to people and they're like, did someone get to you? Did someone get to you? And it's like, it would be like you're going, yes, they got to her. She can't talk. (laughs) What is, what, what madness is this? What, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, it's man, it's a freaking strange time. It's a really strange time. And, and, And I think that looking at this and the immediacy of that, the voice and like, like how spot on it was for its time, like right then, right there it's happening. Um, And, and being able to look back on it right now and, and sort of get, get all the vibe about what the sentiment was. And what's kind of scary and disappointing and disheartening is like in this movie, there are people that are on both sides of that political spectrum who find constantly ways to be moral, to like elevate above. Yes. 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 This is wrong. Like it is wrong for a president or it is wrong for a president to order this and it's wrong for a person to do this. And just that ability, whereas, you know, that's what kind of drove me to do this project this year, because I just kept seeing it both in my local politics and I kept seeing in American politics. And it's just like, people couldn't just go, that is bad. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. There are certain things where you can say that's bad and like cheating and lying and, spying as an American president on your political opponents bad. Whereas like, like Trump's tangled up with Russia. There's people paying him Mm -hmm. off buildings. He's backing billionaires. He's like doing all this stuff and self-serving. He's like, all this is wrong. We know it's wrong. And even in the, even in all the big dossier around the time that he was being impeached, it's like the only thing that stopped Trump from being actually culpable and doing these things and actually having things enacted in his word was that people in his administration went, I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore a direct order.
1: Like they saved
0: him from being impeached. And it's like, but wait guys, you understand he wanted them to do that. So what we should be doing is praising that person for stopping it and impeaching him. It's just that crazy cycle. (sighs) That's why this movie, every time I watch it, it's like a salve. It like makes me feel hopeful for humanity. And then it also has a kick in the teeth because you're like, what is even happening right now? Like what's going on? And to your point, I would love an archive in the future to be a teacher, you know, and, and to get, look at this individual. You want to see a snapshot of an individual's life?
1: You know, this is what yeah, like waiting at the top. Yeah, it's it's truly bizarre, and I don't know how because I was saying this. Uh, I was saying this before. Like, I don't know how how we even you know come back from this. Like, even if like let's say November comes, Biden wins, all this. You, there is no going back to normal because you. So many people have shown their true colors. You have so many people who have actively and openly you know demean you know people other than them and have embraced white supremacy how do you how do you go you know how do you go back
0: yeah it's it's there's no easy journey like there's, and it's it's the same as like even in Australian politics you know our prime minister may have done some really good stuff during like our fire crisis and COVID-19 like towards the end of the fire crisis and in COVID-19 and the responses but he's still a guy who like took a, a lump of coal to our parliament and stood up and said, don't be afraid of coal. Like it's yeah. Yeah, in 2018 and, yeah. and you're like, really, really like when it, when everything's happening, when your whole country's on fire, you're a guy who took a lump of coal saying, don't be afraid of it. It's like, maybe you don't think about climate change and how like we're all maybe going to die. Like it's, yeah. there's a lot of people that have got that, that tarnished thing. And like, you have to be able to come to them on that equal terms, I guess. And, Man, I don't envy, I don't envy the the struggle that it's going to be. But like, I think the best way that it approaches is exactly what you said: is like if you can agree on like the foundational human rights stuff, then mm-hmm. negotiate everything else. Everything else, do yeah. Is yeah. It, yeah. We, it. we can
1: go back and forth, and I can give you all the you know reasons for or against you know what you you know believe in. But the moment you're like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe humans have rights, then that's when we are
0: done. Yeah, you say, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, look. I'm gonna let you get back to your roses. If you write away, this has been an absolute unreal conversation. I, I really thank you for being a part of the show. You started off with a banger calling Dustin Hoffman, Dennis Hoffman, and I just think the conversation soared through there. we, yeah. we went to Dragon Ball Z, we went to Watchmen. These are these are places that this show hasn't touched, and I'm so happy that they did get there um, with with you. So, man, thank you so much for doing the show. At any time
1: and you know and just and just lay in any and when you're ready to do you know one fast minute uh, and, and work your
0: way through that whole franchise oh uh, let no, me know I'll okay i'm shouting out maria lewis right now because that is not me but yeah we heard it here first if we want to do it the next one is zodiac um so uh, uh something for you to catch up on there um that'll be coming a little bit later in the year because we want to Go through this one first. We've got a big uh, guest list there, so I'll talk to Ify offline about that. But man, thank you so much for being part of the show. Where can people? Where's best place right now for people to find you?
1: Oh, you can just go to Ify Wattyway on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll find everything you need to find about <laughs> me right
0: there. Awesome! Thanks so much for doing the show, man. i Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course. See you. What a ripper of an episode with the incredible Ify away folks! If you want to follow Iffy, you can find him on Twitter at at Ify Whiteyway, which is I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E. And you can go and listen to his great show, Who Shot You?, which I'm hopefully going to jump into uh, for an episode uh, sometime soon. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, Ify. An absolutely hilarious and just way more insightful mind than I could have ever imagined. It was such a fantastic conversation. I'm so happy you came on the show. Guys, thank you for supporting us. And being a part of our journey on this our second massive minute by minute deep dive in um, all the president's minutes. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at ATPM Pod. If you want to follow me, it's One Blake Minute on Instagram and on Twitter as well. If you want to reach out, mail at oneheatminute.com. If you have a bit of scratch and you want to basically donate to future projects that we're working out through the way, it's Patreon forward slash one heat minute. We have amazing episodes and guests coming up later on. In the show this week and beyond. But we'll catch you on another episode very soon. Thanks for listening again.